Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So I talked about this on SmackDown Ups and Downs, and please do go watch that as well. But Sesame Street is a really good TV show. And what I really enjoy is when they kind of take the letters of names and they give it another name. So I did it for SmackDown and I'm doing it for Rampage. Because R stands for riveting. A stands for awesome. M stands for manic. P stands for pugilistic. A stands for animated. G stands for goofy. E stands for excellent. So from now on, we don't call it AEW Rampage. We call it AEW riveting, awesome, manic, pugilistic, animated, goofy, excellent. You want to come in my house and tell me that's dumb? You'd be 100% correct. Let's up those downs. what I'm talking about with Rampage, let's have some fun. Because we didn't start with a match, or we did technically, and we didn't start with a promo. We just started with Lance Archer and Ricky Starks beating the hell out of each other, including Lance picking Ricky up and doing that lawn dart thing into a garage door. And I've been seeing that for the past 20 years. And every time I'm like, man, that looked like it sucked. They soon fought their way to the ring when Ricky was grabbing trash cans. Just smashing it into Large Archer's head. And he also hit him with a double axe handle, I tell you. All I need now is for the atomic drop to come back too. Finally, wrestling will be good again. They really did kick each other's ass for a long time, though, to the point they finally got in the ring. The bell went ding, ding, ding. And while the subsequent match only went around about five minutes, it didn't matter because you had so much chaos beforehand. All of this just felt very exciting. The funniest part was, as soon as they were in the ring... They were back outside it again because they couldn't control themselves, which is when Lance Archer grabbed Ricky Starks and he just slammed him into the ring apron. I was like, man, I tell you, there's something here. I need to go and do some detective work. And I did. And do you know what I discovered with the help of Indiana Jones? It's the hardest part of the ring. It's Ricky Starks though, man. He wouldn't take it lying down and he fought out of the blackout and he hit a top rope shoulder tackle. But this is when Lance took his head off with a lariat which, uh, coincidentally, is also the new name of my children's book. Starks just kept on fighting back, though, which always works. He is a lovable baby face, and you want to see him scrapping from underneath. And he had a massive plan, because he looked at Lance Archer, and he was like, yeah, you're a big guy, but I bet you will succumb to the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment, which is exactly what he did. However, there was a twist here, because Archer went to the pounce, Ricky got out of the way, he hit a spear, which sometimes he uses as his finishing move, and he was like, look, I need a little something something to cuff him down, which is when he did hit the surprise roll-up and he got the one, two, three. 
So I like that. You could tell they thought about it. Brian Cage and Prince Nana flew out afterwards, which also allowed Lance Archer to get his heat back as he just hurled Ricky Starks into Simba the Steel steps. But this also made sense because now we could get to the pay-per-view where we're doing Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks in the World Title Eliminator Tournament. And the story can be, is Ricky Starks okay? Because somebody tried to murder him. So all we did here was tip boxes. Sometimes that's all you need to do. I still hope the final is Ethan Page versus Ricky Starks. With Ethan Page winning, I've made my decision up. Quick video for MJF versus John Moxley to remind you that is our main event of full gear when it was also time to tease the Ring of Honor four-way. Because Chris Jericho was here saying, man, that Claudio Castagnoli and that Brian Danielson, they are definitely going to fall out at the pay-per-view, whereas me and Sammy Guevara are lovers for life, and it all will mean that I retain my Ring of Honor title. He was so happy walked off. This is when Sammy Guevara, who was also there, decided to go, well, we'll see about that. And I was like, Sam, what are you doing? Now you're just a flipping James Bond villain. You gave away your plan. And we know that Chris Jericho watches the show. He's told us before, one absolute goober. And if you can believe it, Hook had a long match against Lee Moriarty. Let me just check. <laughs> we are still here. See, everything is fine. I really enjoyed this though, because before anything else, both guys are really good. And we got into the suplex here. I mean, there was a Northern Lights variety. There was a gut wrench. And Hook was doing just fine until Stokely Hathaway got on the ring apron. And he cast distraction. Which meant Lee Moriarty was able to take over. He also smashed Hook in the face with a boot. And I actually shouted out my television screen. What are you doing, Mr. Moriarty? Have you seen Hook's face? You need to protect that. It's important. Hook still found a way to throw Lee around, which is always preferable because he's really good at that. But even then, Moriarty continued to find a way. Because he did this really cool thing where he hurled Hook into the turnbuckle. And when he smacked and came back, Lee Moriarty absolutely ruined him with this knee. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. He even went for a Kimura, but he didn't realize that Hook's foot had like dangled over the bottom rope. So the referee said, I'm sorry, pal, you're going to have to break it. So he went for the Bawdy City stretch instead, which is when it went all MMA. Because Hook was like, you don't try and do submissions on me. He changed it into the red rum. Lee Moriarty had no choice. He was done. He was out. Hook retained his FW title, FTW, whatever the hell it's called. This was just a really good match. I also think that we were told that Hook is 16 and 0 now, which means there's only one thing for it. He's going to have to take on Jade Cargill. I look forward to that. We then had more teasing between Rouge 10 and the Dark Order after this. And this has been going on a long ass time. Longest story in wrestling. Basically, Rush 10, Jose the Assistant, and John Silver were hanging out playing Nintendo. And when John and Lee Hungy were like, well, I've got an idea for a match. Why don't we do you two versus us two? 10 kind of got pissed off. He walked away. And now next week, we're going to do Rush versus Silver. So is 10 going to screw him over? And if he does, does that make him two? Because two rhymes with poo. And if 10 did this, he'd be a piece of shit. And if you're now saying to yourself, Simon, did you actually just say that? I did. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. It then seemed like we had a follow-up to all these Athena matches that you may have been seeing on Dark or Elevation. Because the whole time, she has just been running through local talent. And there's been a lot of hoo-ha with people saying, Athena, you're being too stiff. Even though quite clearly, this has always been part of the storyline. To the point, Madison Rain had taken exception. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon-perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. We were doing Athena versus Madison Rain. I mean, this is still a really weird narrative because it's someone saying you're being too aggressive when you're wrestling. And you're like, well, isn't that the point of wrestling? You're meant to be aggressive. But once again, Athena was just roughing people up because at one point she grabbed Madison. She was just swinging her into Barry Barricade. And I'm sorry, you only do that for one reason, because you're looking for death. Madison was able to hit this cutter thing, but I don't think anybody bought that as any kind of a finish. When Athena, I believe, hit the rack attack. Now, she didn't call it the rack attack, but it's certainly what I remember the rack attack being. Either way, she scored with it, and she got the one, two, three. Now, I was a bit blasé about this until we got to the aftermath, because all of a sudden, Athena smacked referee Aubrey Edwards. She went back to Madison Rain and she destroyed her even more when Mercedes Martinez, the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, came out and she chased Athena off. Now, I presume we're going to do this match probably for the title, maybe even at full gear. I don't know. And while I can't lie, I'm a little bit done with all the Ring of Honor stuff on AEW TV. This twist and this turn for Athena was totally the right call. She came across as crazy. So really what we should do is we should give her the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship and then do the idea that Hardcore Holly once pitched, which was give me the belt and then I take out the whole roster. Sounds good to me, giving it up. We then added some more matches to the pay-per-view because Reddy Paquette was interviewing the factory and the best friends who magically had Rocky Romero with them. And we're probably gonna do this on the pre-show and then the best friends have got a secret fifth member, which I presume is Danhausen. At least it better be Danhausen. I always need more Danhausen and no, I'm not joking. But they got another spooky wookie video for the House of Black, although this time they were like just beating people up. This is when a light bulb went off in my head. You'd have to imagine that the Elite are going to beat the Death Triangle for the trio's titles at full gear, and they're going to need a feud coming out the other side. So surely you bring back the House of Black and you do the Elite versus those guys. If I am correct, ooh, Delali, that is going to be awesome. Which brought us to our Rampage main event, which was indeed Takeshita and Yunyakiyama taking on Ortiz and Eddie Kingdom. And this was designed just to be nice and warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum. We talked about it on Dynamite Ups and Downs. Eddie Kingston is a big fan of Akiyama, so Tony Khan said, hey ho, why don't we make it happen? Also, it was Takeshita returning to AEW. I loved all of this. We also started with Eddie versus Takeshita, and I'm not sure I've seen that before, but either way, it felt fresh to me. <laughs> they just dropped the shit out of each other. Before we transitioned into Ortiz versus Akiyama, and of course, the reason we did this here and throughout the whole match is because Eddie and Yoon did go at it a little bit, but they didn't go at it enough because why? 
They're gonna fight on the pre-show instead. There was also this pile driver by Akiyama onto Ortiz. I was like, holy crap, he sent him to the Phantom Zone. And after that, it did allow our DD promotion wrestlers to just beat up Ortiz for a long old while. I think at one point he was on the mat, they were just punching him in the face. I was a little bit worried about him. Eventually, he got the hot tag to Eddie Kingston. Everybody went crazy when Ortiz and him just suplexed the catch to over and over again. But the whole time, Eddie Kingston kept looking at Akiyama, and Akiyama kept looking at Eddie Kingston. And I don't think they wanted a cuddle and kiss. I think they wanted a fight. Eddie and Takeshita kept smacking the shit out of each other before Takeshita whammed him with his big lariat. And I tell you, he lays it in before we did indeed go back to Ortiz versus Akiyama. And this thing got even more silly because Kingston didn't like the fact that his old friend was beating up his new friend so he started to chop the ship out of him so we did get a little bit of that. When Ortiz hit this spinning splam onto the Kester, who got right back up and hit the blue thunderbolt. When Kingston appeared from nowhere and hit the backdrop driver, everybody was down. Fantastic. This is when Akiyama and Eddie got into it a little bit more but then eventually Yoon spied the fact that Ortiz was in the corner. So he ran in, he smacked him and he gave him this exploded suplex. <laughs> and Ortiz landed right on his head, genuinely, seriously, I hope he is okay. And he pinned him. My word, this was carnage. But there's even more madness in 2022 for you as well because Yoon Akiyama just got a victory in AEW, but I didn't see it coming. And of course, now to settle the score, we are going to get Eddie Kingston versus Hoon on full gear. We've already talked about it. And I was cool with all of this, because if you kind of looked below the surface, you could just tell how happy everybody involved here was. And that's the point of life. You're meant to be happy. You're meant to be having a good time. You're meant to have a smile on your face. Giving it up. And yeah, sure, I do admit in terms of a go-home show for full gear, it didn't really feel like a go-home show for full gear at all. I put that on Dynamite's shoulders. But it's just 60 minutes of madness and 60 minutes of good times. You'd really have to crap the bed to ever get an overall down. Hence why it's getting it up. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's AEW Rampage. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Hello to whatculture.com where you can read yourself some articles. Come follow us on social media. We have lots of videos. Please watch one. My name is Simon for What Culture. Make sure you have a good weekend. I will see you tomorrow to up those downs for full gear. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Goodbye. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.